genre. In a past that seems almost like a dream now, on immunities. Hello, Gwen. And now, these two. Why aren't they the betas? Have they been tested? Who even knows what they are? Here's a bagel, Gwen. Keep your strength up. Here's a banana. Godless kids. Fornicators. No one knows what they are. Hey, things are bleak. We're strangers in our home, living on the charity and new residents. You gotta finish your thing before they decide that we're not worth keeping. The lookers aren't as monolithic as they let on. There are different strains of the beta wave, and the lookers that the different strains produce are measurably different. They're puzzled and threatened, and are trying not to talk about it so they can hide it from me. There's a restraint to what they say to each other now that wasn't there before. It makes me feel safer to not have them openly hating me all the time, but it also makes me sad that they can't be themselves anymore. It's like watching a beautiful, poisonous flower as it wilts away and leaves a stunted, thorny weed behind. The abomination of desolation will soon stand in the holy place. Whoever listens, let her understand. All right. Answer my questions and I will answer yours. If, at the point where all relevant information has been exchanged, I believe Shelley Scholl is the Alpha Beta, then I will hand you over to the authorities. Otherwise, I will do what I can to help you secure her release and set you free. You have my word. Whew. Great. We have a deal. Now I can see you've got something you're just dying to ask. So, have at it. All right. How can you be so sure that your sister is not the Alpha Beta? Simple. Because I'm the Alpha Beta. You. Gotcha! Immunities. Episode 4.3. Reaction. You are the Alpha Beta. Yep. I... Uh... Are you willing to answer questions about your experiences? I'd say our deal includes that. Then... How long have you known your status? Do you know who Professor Wanda Holbrook was? Yes, I know a great deal about her. Huh. Were you there when they were searching for her? Yes. <sighs> okay. Well, we figured it out the day after that. Oh. Did Professor Holbrook come because of you? Uh, no. She was going to test me, but she was here for another reason. Which you are not going to tell me. I said I'd tell you about the Alpha Beta, and that's me. Things that aren't about me, I'm keeping to myself. I'll add that she was looking all over for someone like me, but I'm the only one I know about. But the Resistance might not tell you if they find another one. Absolutely. They have this paranoid feeling that 99% of the world is out to get them. <laughs> and before then, did you suspect your status? Not at all. I'd heard of the concept of Alpha Betas, but had no idea I was one. Why was Professor Holbrook going to test you then? Mij... um... Uh, one of our leaders picked me out because I was telling him things about the lookers, which I shouldn't have known. And you had no idea how you knew those things? 
I had dreams where my sister was unaltered. She told me things. So I thought she was the special one, just like your people did. They are not my people. They are a part of my kind, but we are not all like them. That's good to hear. So, the things your sister tells you in dreams reflect the real world. That's right. I have normal dreams, too, but I can tell the Alpha Beta dreams from the others. And if you've decided your sister isn't the key factor, then you must have had dreams about others. <sighs> yes. Your mother? Yes. Your father? No. Hmm. Anyone else? Lilia. Oh. For how long has she been in your dreams? Just since yesterday. As far as I can remember. Did you dream about her deliberately? No. It was a surprise. I deliberately dreamed about Shelley sometimes, and both times with Mom, but Lilia was a surprise. Had you met her before? In the real world? I'm surprised you call it that. Why? It seems like my dreams are connected to your unity. And you think the unity is real, right? I... Yes. The unity is real. But it is very abstract for me now. Because I have been out of it for so long. Gotcha. Well, I talked to her in the real world yesterday, before I went to sleep. But I'd worked with her before, upstairs. At the liaison office? Yeah. You didn't know she works here? I suppose no one thought it was important to tell me. Or someone thought it would be distracting. She does it to be close to you. How is she? As a looker, she misses you. And in your dreams? Same. Plus, she's resentful and terrified about the things she's had to do as a looker. That's a common thing among the people I dream about. Anything else for now? Or should we move on to how you're going to help me? Just, are you the only one who has dreams like yours? To my knowledge... Yes. Do you know of anyone else who has unusually accurate insights with no known source? Hmm. No names, okay? Agreed. Yes. One person. Is that person a registered beta immune? We said no names. Beta immune is a label and a condition, not a name. Obviously, I have a theory that some people labeled beta-immune have access to special insights. I think it would be mutually beneficial for us to develop this theory without identifying the specific individual. Okay, yes. But this is starting to sound like the kind of thing you'd only tell me if you didn't think I'd ever talk to the Resistance again. I suppose I am acting on my own uncorroborated insight. That the world has changed so much that by the time we are finished, the old labels will have different meanings. For me, 
end for you. And then? What's your best case scenario? And then? I ask Lilia to take a message to our unknown patron, and I tell them that the current crisis calls for greater liaison, not for vilification, and that if an immune is taking a sincere interest in the well-being of lookers, this is something we should value and encourage, not squander, and that as such you and your family should be allowed to live together someplace in public view where everyone can appreciate your example. And, meanwhile, we can make both sides appreciate that trying to end the look or immunity through involuntary experiments is no more a solution than trying to destroy each other with nuclear weapons. Hmm. I like your thinking. That works for me. But I'm not sure how popular liaison is with your people topside. Really? Explain. I heard an altered congressman is speaking out against it. Not in the sky, either. Out loud. In real life. On TV. That is troubling. What do you know about this man? Not enough. Hello, Molly. Hello, Congressman Noon. Welcome to Washington. Would you prefer to speak out loud? I understand that you have had some difficulty linking. No, I have rejoined and should operate as we operate. I welcome the opportunity and the challenge. Excellent. Please have a seat. I am more able to maintain contact while standing. As you wish. Now, I have some things to discuss with you, some of which are quite sensitive. You told my assistant that you were potentially interested, and therefore it was worth both our times to fly you here. Oh, yes. I have a great belief in the general will. I welcome the things you have said about it, and hope I can do something to help you. Thank you. Then I will begin. I will be giving up my seat in Congress soon. Already? But you have only just begun your work. I shall be continuing that work. The President and Vice President have agreed to resign on the principle that the positions are too important to be held by simple inertia. Thereupon, according to the rules of our Constitution, I, as Speaker of the House, will become the new President. Oh! Well, congratulations, sir. This is a propitious development. I hope so. But as mentioned, it necessitates my resignation and the elevation by special election of someone new. And the choice of candidate is particularly significant because your area is becoming the focus of a great deal of national attention. I see. Well, I am confident that whoever you choose will deserve the post. <laughs> this special election will be expedited under the new rules, but it is not by an appointment. Every voter must decide based on the urgings of their heart. Well, if the candidate demonstrates an adherence to your beliefs, they will certainly have my full support and any aid I can give. I was thinking in terms of something more than aid, Molly. I was thinking that you might be my candidate. I? 
serve in Congress in, in your seat? Yes, exactly. I cannot imagine having such responsibility. I have no idea what the duties entail. All that would be necessary is that you stay true to your beliefs. There would be knowledgeable assistance to aid you in the details, and I and my own advisors would be available for any larger questions you had. But why me? Your demonstrated heroism, and the clarity in which you see the problem of the unaltered. No one else could claim such qualifications. Well, no one but Candace, and I suppose Lorna. They may have experience to match yours, but it is clear that you have superior vision and a better perspective on your experience. Candace has shown an astounding lack of discretion. I suppose something would have to be done about that. It is already happening. Really? What? Uh, Carrie Cray has spoken with her, advising her to channel her idealism into directions more helpful to the Unity. She seems amenable to this. But is Mrs. Cray doing that on your behalf? We did discuss it, yes. But why? Did you... Was Candace your first choice to replace you? Not at all. To be honest, Lorna Gerald was the first person I thought of, but after her, you were the second. Why is Lorna not the one here, then? Miss Gerald told me that... While she was saddened by Candace Majid's outburst, she was not willing to accept any position that might even possibly bring the two of them into conflict. I assured her, as I have you, of Miss Majid's moderated attitude, but having made her decision, she has become immovable. I am afraid that the two of them may have developed a dangerous codependence. Mr. Noon, I agree with you. I agree with you about the separates. I agree with you about us. I agree with you about the unhealthiness of Candace and Lorna's relationship. But... I cannot say yes if they said no. I owe them everything. They saved me. I would have betrayed them to Derek if Lorna had not stuffed a gag in my mouth. For me to accept a post where I would pass judgment on them, it simply would not be right. Oh, I am sorry, Congressman, but I have to break our link and leave this room right now. It has been a great honor to have been in your trust, and I will keep everything we have said to myself. But while I wish you every success, I cannot take any further part in your movement. Please do not contact me again. Miss Ollinger. Yes. Please close the door as you leave. Of course. Thank you. Hello? Yes, it is. I need you to talk to the newswoman as soon as possible. I have something new for her to suggest to our friend. Yes. <laughs> yes. I think we can trust her that far. So, do the figures in your dreams come from your brain, or the brains of the lookers you contact? We never did figure that out. 
It seems like being around me has an effect on lookers, and the information the figures give me seems to come from that person. If the information comes through the primary signal, then it needs eye contact. But when I have the dreams, my eyes are closed. Our working theory is that each figure is some kind of impression the human side of the looker's brain made on me during eye contact. And then later, when my brain is ready to process the information, it puts it in the mouth of the person I got it from. That seems very incomplete and speculative. Well, the experts who put that theory together got fired, and the new ones have been having trouble getting up to speed. Your mole did a real number on us. Plus, we lost our best theorist when Professor Holbrook died. So, congratulations to you! None of that was our work. The mole was not recruited. They contacted us. And all evidence indicates that the Resistance executed the professor. Yeah. As you say, the respect for life has its limits. My guess was that your side feared her capture. She was already infected. She locked eyes with someone in your search party. So tragic. She was given every opportunity. Listen! We're not going to get anywhere by re-adjudicating who did what to who and when. You said our theory was incomplete. What do you think? Well, my speculation might intrude into personal matters. Please, please, trample my feelings. You already took my planet away. I... I am afraid that I am not always able to detect sarcasm. Go ahead. Talk. Now. Your mother took her own life shortly after you robbed Carrie Cray. A robbery which the figure of your mother helped you to carry out. Yeah. I've been waiting for someone to connect those dots in front of me. And I had to come here to find the man to do it. After some urging. Regardless, yeah. Yeah. I've wondered why exactly she did that, and how much of it was my fault ever since it happened. There are too many explanations which fit the facts for us to favor any one, but most of the explanations involve her undergoing changes triggered by you. Did you command her to do anything? No. The opposite. I wanted her to behave exactly normally. And your sister never displayed any new behavior? Did not act unusually compliant or helpful? No. When we were awake, she was a looker version of her bratty, jealous self. Shit. It's like, in the dreams, we got to grow up and get over all that petty bullshit, but in the real world, we were stuck exactly where we were on contact night. And you did not bring anyone else into your dreams? Not until Lilia. And that wasn't deliberate. Why did you not? As long as it kept working with Shelly, it seemed like too big a risk to try it with anyone else. Especially after Mom died. Hmm. Why are we spending time on this? The better picture I have of how you function as an alpha-beta, the more clearly I can make the case for negotiating with you. Both that you pose no threat if left alone, and a considerable one if provoked. And you're not tempted to just wring my neck and eliminate the problem? Your mind seems to jump to violent solutions. As we've established, violence happens. And my question stands. 
even assuming that I could subdue you. According to our calculations, there are dozens of Alpha Betas in the world. The insights you provide about others of your kind are far too valuable for me to kill you. Good. That's a reason I can believe and get behind. Okay. So, you were saying something about the Betas picking up signals like mine. Only some of them, and not exactly like yours. Before you told me who you were, I was wondering if these non-conforming Betas were in fact the Alpha Betas, not totally immune to the Beta Wave, therefore changed, but not totally susceptible to it, therefore not like us. How many of these... We call them Beta Primes. How many Beta Primes have you found? Enough to suggest that they form a small but significant portion of known Betas, perhaps one in sixty, which of course makes them a tiny portion of the human population and even of the immune population, but they would still massively outnumber Alpha Betas. So the fact that I know one doesn't necessarily mean anything? No, it makes sense, statistically, since you associate with many other immunes and Betas are so readily identifiable. So, what sort of things does this Beta Prime know? We're just talking about me, remember? All right. Does the Beta Prime know about you? Shit. Led you right to that one. Uh, I think so. She said some things about me being different before anyone knew I was, but she talks in a peculiar way. I don't know if that's caused by her immunity or not. Are the others like that? We are just talking about you and me and your family, remember? Okay, fair. Maybe later. So, you and Lilia, are you still married? The look in your mission didn't change that? I consider myself as bound by my vows as before. Why do you ask? I always value a guy who can piss me off. Gets my blood up. I would suggest keeping our relationship strictly professional. We might be down here a long time. Which means you will not be able to leave once you tire of me. Whoa. Have you been reading my file? I did read it, back when you were a suspect in your mother's death. I had forgotten many of the details, but... They are coming back to me as I get to know you. So no social breaks. Okay. I guess that's good. Your mad scientists could be cutting Shelly up by now. They could, indeed. Ugh, don't sugarcoat it, Justin. Give it to me straight. Do you mean that sarcastically rather than earnestly? I mean it both ways. That's my style. What's that? An incoming message to my computer. Please remain where you are. Your computer is networked? Yes, to a single, highly secured, otherwise unnetworked computer in an office just above mine. That is how information is normally transferred to and from here. But the USB stick... Whoever wanted me to have that did not want anyone to know I was being given the information... That is apparently not the case with this. What have they sent? Um, general information about various pursuits. I see. 
What? Calvin Noon is now the president of the United States of America. What? Has there been a coup or something? Apparently, he is extremely persuasive. I can't even imagine. You do not have to. He is making his inauguration speech on the White House lawn right this moment. I could switch on the television. You get reception down here? Or, or do you have cable? A cable connection was considered too potentially compromising. There is simply a wire that leads to an antenna on the roof. Oh. I believe you are thinking about using that to send out a secret message. Yeah, but it won't work. I'd have to have thought of it ahead of time. Didn't know enough about your layout. You will find that many security precautions are like that. They are not insoluble, but are effective when potential intruders are deprived of the information, time, and resources necessary to defeat them. Are you interested in the speech? Sure. Turn it on. Repeatedly met our offers of friendship with disgust. Our attempts at cooperation with selfishness and our promise of peace with violence. But now, a new day is dawning when the great potential of this nation will finally be achieved. And while we will honor our prior commitment to permit the unaltered to live separately from us, we will not allow them to take advantage of our open-hearted nature. We, us, the average ordinary people of this country, have submitted to indignities for too long. And we will get what is ours and what we are owed. Under this administration, I can assure you, unity will prevail. Oh, ugh. I'm sorry, but that sound is horrendous. I do not disagree. You have been watching the inaugural address by the incoming president, Calvin Noon. Next, we will discuss the speech with Candace Majid, who President Noon has endorsed to take up his seat in Congress. Then we will have... From your point of view, does President of the United States matter? I thought you people thought globally. We try to. But as the saying goes, we act locally. For the sake of efficiency, we maintain the organizational structures we inherited from the unaltered, except where change seems to be needed. Okay, but wait, who is that speech even for? Don't you people do your mass communicating through the sky? Generally, yes. That guy is practically spitting alpha waves. Any non-immune or beta who watches it would get sick. And lookers just look at the sky. So he's just talking to what? Alphas, primaries, and me? <sighs> I have an alternate hypothesis. What? The Skylink is a highly intimate experience, even when performed in mass. Communicating through television would allow him to speak with other lookers from a more detached perspective. So he could lie? Not as far as I know, but he could more carefully control what truths he reveals, and his appearance itself might be a statement. The lookers will take up their rightful space on the airwaves as well as on the ground. Do you agree with any of what he said? I must admit that dealing with the unaltered has never been easy. Every action they take to challenge our new order puts our ideals of harmony, fairness, 
and freedom into opposition with one another. President Noon's approach of hard-hearted self-interest simplifies this greatly, but the simplicity of his vision will merely obscure the complexities of the world, not solve them. The unity is not simply a collection of people. It is a community based on ideals. He would have us jettison these ideals in order to seek illusory solutions that will simply create more problems. No, I do not agree with him. Do you think that's because you've been down here? I would like to think I would have always disagreed with him. But perhaps, down here, I have missed the experiences which have changed currents in the unity for the worse. Or even new strains of the look. Wait, what? Professor Holbrook thought that there were different versions of the look, and that they'd bounce around and recombinate. But I haven't read much about it. She was correct. No virus can infect seven billion subjects without mutating. Virus? Not technically a virus, of course. A beneficial new catalyst, like mitochondria or democratic ideals or life itself. But how are the strains different? In every measurable way. A leading new one has weaker alpha and beta waves, making it less likely to spread to the unaltered, and causing betas to fall asleep less quickly. And it seems to make those with it think of the unity differently. Just as fervently in favor of it, but differently. Maybe those are Noon's people. Maybe that's why they want to watch him on TV, instead of the sky. Or perhaps when they look at the sky... They're terrified that an alpha-beta has infiltrated the unity and used it against them. And so, we'll follow anyone who promises to make it safe and clean again. Yeah, that's also possible. What does it all mean for us? Two meanings occur to me immediately. One bad and one less so. The first is that events have moved beyond the paradigm under which we've formed our collaboration— I am no longer confident that I could deliver on any agreement we reach about your family's freedom. Okay, that's a lot, but I see what you mean. All right. And what's the less bad news? I am sorry to say this, but that was the less bad news. Oh. Okay. All right. What's the more bad? Our position here has become even more precarious. Whoever facilitated your entry took precautions to withhold your presence from the unity in general. But we do not know whether they were keeping it secret from the leadership. If President Noon is told that you are here, and he is at all sincere in his declarations, then I believe you will quickly rejoin your sister, but not in the way you wish. I'll be sent off to the labs. Yes. Pretty poetic for a zombie. If you prefer, I could be philosophical. Our position is like an existential vision of the human condition. Our fate may have already been sealed, but we will not know it until someone comes through those doors. Or, to be scientific, it is like the Schrodinger's cat problem where the cat within the box is both alive and dead until the box is opened. Except, inverted, 
we, the observers, are inside the box, and the rest of the world is the cat. One thing I never got about that one. The cat himself can observe things, right? So he knows whether he's alive or dead, right? Doesn't that matter? The answer to your question would involve a great deal of math. But my inclination is to point out, instead, that if we are the cat in the box, why do we not know our own fate? Ugh. Okay. Would a year of calculus be enough to understand that math? I believe so, with help. Then lay it on me. You want me to show you the mathematical underpinnings of a hypothetical application of quantum physics? Yeah. Are you sure this is the best use of our time? I'm not sure of anything, except of what I don't know. I don't know how long we'll be left alone down here. I don't know what's relevant, and I don't know what will happen next. I can't affect anything outside, so all I can do is learn, and improve myself, and think. And when I learn something, I want to see the raw work, not just hear someone's explanation. Like you said, the paradigm has changed. We're not just two people each trying to get the best deal out of the other one. We have to figure out the whole big problem, find a way to make real peace. Nothing less will be taken seriously. Do you agree? Yes, but... Well, in that case, either we're partners and allies, or I'm a prisoner. Imprisoned here with you, or off being vivisected somewhere. Do you agree? It... Yes. So if you value me as a partner and a fellow human being, then teach me what you know, starting right now with that math. I will get some paper and pens. You've been listening to Immunities, episode 4.3, Reaction, written and directed by Bob J. Kester. This concludes the fourth season. It featured, in order of appearance, Wesley James as Justin, Michelle Lamone as Roxanne Scholl, Kent Joseph as Calvin Noon, Marjorie Muller as Molly Ollinger, and Stacey Tappan as Carrie Cray. Immunities was recorded by Stephen Moore. Lisa Cohen assisted in development and production. This episode featured Moving On, The Subdued Inferno, Sunburnt Toward the Heaven, and Mother of Hataharia, all by Ars Sonor. You can find these and other works by them at archive.org. Special effects are for the freesound.org collection. Other development assistance was provided by Evanston's Firehouse Grill, Backstage, Performink, and Dueling Genre Productions, makers of Geek by Night, an audio drama in which everyone in a comic book store is given superpowers. Immunities continues thanks to our Kickstarter backers. This episode was supported by Anthony, Ken Hansen, and Cynthia Jonas. The entire fourth season was supported by Michael Hudson, Joshua Combs, Rachel Rauch, Neil Robman, Emile Marriott, Susan Kester, Anthony Downing, Chris Keberly, and Tony Vega. The Immunities series image is Formity by Fraun Fraun. That's all one word. F-R-A-U-N, F-R-A-U-N. The episode image is Traces by Kevin Raleigh, a.k.a. Cavissimo. 
You can find other work by both of them at DeviantArt. For more information, including transcripts, a glossary of terms, and a list of the sound effects used, check out our website at immunitiesdrama.com. While you're there, you could order a t-shirt or send us a small donation using PayPal. Immunities is copyright 2017 by Bob J. Kester, all rights reserved. This is Bob J. Kester. We will now have a hiatus, which should include both a soundtrack album and at least one movie talk episode. But thanks to our Kickstarter backers, we will return with Season 5 early in the new year. In the meantime, please review us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter as Immunities Drama, or on Facebook as Immunities. Reviews and social media mentions are great ways to help others find the podcast, and we love hearing from you. Until then, happy 2020. Dueling Genre